Hello and welcome to Trolls of the Two Tom Bridges, or T-O-Triple-T-B. My name is John, and I play Percival Silverlight. Happy goddamn New Year, you lovely, lovely people. Uh, thank you so much for spending it with us, listening to our stupid jokes and our stupid D&D roleplaying. Just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening to Trolls of the Two Tunbridges. We all hope that the next year is far, far better than 2020 was. So, here's to you guys. And I imagine me holding up a glass of lovely port or whiskey. Yeah, there we go. Add Merry New Year Venture. The Log of Percival Silverlight Camp Vengeance We have now met the camp's leader, the flustered and distracted Commander Breakbone, and his captain, Captain Firebeard, a dwarf of the surliest dwarfiness. We know there is a hunting party that is due back shortly, Hearn and Lawser. We don't know much of them, but we have been told that they may offer help to us, or we're offering help to them. In the meantime, Rana has decided to take Yoka, our goblin captive, on an impromptu hunting trip. I'm sure that will go swimmingly. Adventure! So as as we sort of we have established, we've got a couple of hours before um, Pern and Lawson get back, and Rana is off hunting with Yoka. Um, let's go through with each of you. Siliqui, you said you wanted to do something with the alchemy jar and and food. Was that what you want to do with a with a couple of hours? Possibly. I mean, I thought if we were sitting around, say, a campfire with people, whatever, I wouldn't mind trying to help anyway in the kitchen a bit, whether it's helping with their normal cooking or whether it's helping make it just a bit more exciting in some way. You know, anything that I've picked up from the monastery that might make food taste a bit nicer in some way, you know, that I could maybe give them some tips. With that, let give me an, let's say, an investigation roll. See, see if you can find anything that you could whip up into a dessert type thing. Ooh. Uh, 12, uh, investigation, mm, 13. <laughs> 13. <laughs> okay. So, probably not. <laughs> I'm afraid that's going to be a, yeah, you could probably, with the, with the honey one, you could maybe make up some kind of, uh, I don't know, like mango, honey, dessert kind of dish. Smoothie? It's not going to be, yeah, it's not going to be like you can offer it to everyone. It's kind of like you find enough mangoes to make up a dessert for maybe one or two people. The thing is with the camp, again, it's low supplies. So they have the barest minimum that they can manage to scrounge yeah. from the jungles. 
what do we think would be the nicest thing to offer them something, you know, for them to kind of go, oh, actually, you know, we're nice guys. All the things that the judge does do. What do you think would be the nicest thing to offer them? Do you think it'd be a gallon of wine? Do you think four gallons of beer? Two gallons of mayo? A gallon of honey? What do you think would be better? Just run with it. Whatever you think. I was going to say, if you've taken the alchemy jug, it's up to you. You've gone looking for okay. fruit and turned up turned up that. And I would say on balance, what of your options, giving them... How much beer was it again? Four, four gallons. gallons of beer. That makes most sense to me. Yeah, mm. giving them four gallons of beer would probably do right, for... Four gallons? How many pints is that? It's a few people. That's 20 pints. It's 20 pints. That's half the can. Actually, no, sorry, it's more than that. It's nine pints in a gallon, sorry. So it's... Nine times Basics. four, so right. thirty-six points. Thirty-six points. Okay, so that's, that is over yeah. half the people in the, in the camp. That's that's okay. So they could have half point each. I would say, if anything, you could instead ask somebody to bring you, say, an empty, I don't know, an empty barrel or two, and just literally fill it with the beer from the alchemy jug, and then they'd have a cask of ale to essentially drink at their will. Sounds just thinking whether we should do that or whether we should offer it when we sat around like campfire or something as a sort of so everybody sits and drinks together or whether we should just let them have it when they want. Well, I go into the kitchen area anyway and ask them if there's anything I could do to make myself useful. Um, you know, that even if it's in their So the thing is, you've used an investigation to find out what supplies the uh, I know, I don't, I I don't mean from that investigation role. I don't mean necessarily trying to make things like, I mean literally to help them, as in like if I go, you know, something, basically I try and make myself useful, so even if I'm not doing anything just helping around the camp. Yeah, you know, literally, I might just be helping mm. around. I might be like passing them vegetables or whatever they need, or they might be washing up for them, whatever. You know, like... Um, a like yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically being an extra <laughs> pair of hands in the kitchen. Like Who's in the kitchen area with, you know, what people are in the sort of food prep mm-hmm. area? Of- so the thing is, looking at the map, there isn't really a kitchen area, to be honest. There's the field tents, there's the commander's tents, and then there's a couple of campfires. So from that, I would kind of deduce that the campfires are used for the cooking. Mm-hmm of just whatever they happen to have and that essentially each of the smaller tents in the back where each of the sort of the men of the order Mm -hmm. men and women um, sleep that's Mm -hmm. probably where they keep all of their cooking stuff and when they have supplies they sort of just bring them to the fire and cook them as and how works best for everybody but as I say there's no specific area for a kitchen so if you wanted to help out best I suppose you could maybe find um I'm just trying to work out what exactly you'd be doing in order to help in that term. Well, I could make sure the fire's good. I could maybe help tidy up a bit if it's anything that could be useful. Yeah, this, let's, let's say that's what you're doing, is you're keeping the fire stoked, making sure that there's, they're going, maybe sort of taking some of the wood shavings that are from the group that are sharpening stakes and sort of using that to keep the fires or start the fires. Um, but I don't think you'd especially need a role for that. Okay, well, in that case, in between those bits where um, I'm just making sure the fire's still going and all that side of stuff, um, I get my paints yeah. out um, and I sit sort of nearish to the fire. You know, if I can help in any way, I'm, I'm available. Of course. But I sit near the fire yeah. and I start painting. And mm-hmm. I'm doing a slight abstract of the gloriousness that is Firebeard's mohawk. I've taken inspiration from his mohawk and I'm doing some kind of beautiful painting of reds, oranges and yellows into this abstract thing. Fabulous. It's also getting Siliqui's feelings out on paper because she's angry. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's in anger. Tinting in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, we move on round then to Percival. While Rana is off hunting, Siliqui is helping cook, stoke the fires and painting. What were you doing? I believe I, I would be uh, strolling around the encampment with my, my hands firmly behind my back, um, uh, being, being very kind of almost officious uh, and, and uh, just kind of just surveying what is going on. Um, Being like an authority figure, yes, despite the fact that you have no authority in this place. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Percy, officious, really? Are you, are you holding your sword under your arm like a dragger stick? <laughs> well, well, per- Percival <laughs> is, is all about the, the look of things, so uh, he's, he's wandering around doing mm-hmm. his best. Yeah, I'm, I'm commanding an army kind of swagger. Um, despite the fact that, you know, he never has, mm. or at least you know of. He's he's wandering about. Um, he's looking to see, f- from his perspective, like, really how bad this place is. Like, what things could he... Um, y- is he seeing that uh, are a bit off, okay. you know? For that, give me a perception roll. That makes total sense. Let me just... I was mm-hmm. just checking to see um, if I have any bonuses. And I don't. Fair enough. Natural one. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. So, first of all, as as you're walking around, um, so the thing is, it's not it's not actually hard to see the awful state of the camp. Like the palisade is quite sturdy. Like Mm -hmm. you can see that there isn't so much as a scratch on any of the surrounding border. The trouble with the palisade is, sturdy as it is, there's no drainage. So what's happening is essentially all of the ground is just thick mud. The puddles aren't helping and obviously are collecting from the rainwater and are providing a place, uh, sort of uh, nesting ground for insects and other vermin that might be um, that might be starting to infest the camp. The actual tents, while they look like they you know, might do fairly well in most other climates. Here, they're just not quite coming up to scratch. Some of the standard tents at the back, they are raised up in order to try and keep the mud out, but they're quite obviously sort of, they're gently sliding down into the mud. Um, And as you're walking around, you suddenly, in the top left-hand corner of the campsite, you come across a couple of tents that have such a foul smell coming from them. Um, hang on, I'll move you over to them so you can see them. Yep, that's it. Yep. Those 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 camps over here. So these tents. This is unmistakably the latrines, and nice. it could not be plainer that they are not doing the trick. It's kind of like the smell from the latrines back at Camp Righteous, but it's, if possible, even worse. You see it bulk, and just for a moment, that whole kind of, like, facade of being officious and upright just crumbles because you just end up retching <laughs> beside one of the tents um, from the smell and you haven't even gone that close and worse still when you straighten back up you notice that uh, there's a suspicious amount of shall we say substance leaking from the latrines and mm. um, that is yeah that is what you find as you wander around this camp finally um, Zibby you had anything else that you wanted to do with the next couple of hours or if you were essentially devoting your time to helping sister Seas and her acolytes healing the wounded yes uh, i shall be doing that i should be spending my time um healing the wounded um obviously i think i've spent all my spells mm-hmm. 
Um, so, yeah, just maybe a bit of bandaging and sort of mopping people's brows as they're uh, suffering from fever, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. At least make, the, make their time bearable. Um, he also, at some point, is going to... Uh, I think the two barrels of beer are in, the, in one of the boats, actually. Um, so he's going to go and grab the, the barrels and um, pop them somewhere... Ne- um, Did you not leave the barrels of beer at Camp Righteous? No, they were in the they were in the canoe or one of the canoes. Yeah, he took him down to the canoe. Oh, okay. That is. We had a discussion about how he would fit them in along with uh, Yoka and everything. Uh, but yeah, so at some point he's going to go and grab one of those. He'll probably uh, just stroll into um, Commander Breakbone's uh, tent and just go, "Here, go, pal. There's a present for you." Donk. Uh, sort of two bird, two small barrels of beer. Um, and then wander back mm. off to help um, Sister What's-Her-Face. Uh, what was her name again, Sister? Sister Sayas. Sister Sledge. Okie dokie. Yeah. <laughs> As you deposit the beers in, Breakbone is kind of, he's still pouring over some maps. He barely looks up at you as he sort of sees the sees the maps and issues a hasty thank you very clearly sort of wants to get back to his maps firebeard on the other hand it looks at you with extreme approval as you uh, as you bring these beers in and says oh i thought i'd never see those again ah because they were from the ever camp which they oh these yours then well they they were but unfortunately i just had to leave them behind hey well you might have had some things to be uh, getting on with rather than looking for beer. Yeah, just slightly, but it's pained me to watch that camp fade into the background. Distance, even. Firebeard has a problem remembering words sometimes. <laughs> it looks as though you might have uh, you spent a wee bit of time building it. Ah, well, slowly but surely. Certainly making sure this place is better defended. As he says that, he has a quick glance at Breakbone and just back again. Aye, well, it looks like you're making a slightly better job this time. You can say that again. But they still keep the men's spirits up, and he sort of pats the ale cakes. Okay, Rana. So you're off out hunting. There are two things I'd like you to do, two rolls. Can you make me first a survival roll for your hunt? Seven. That is not incredible, Rana. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) Not only has he got to be good at surviving, he's also got a goblin not tied up with him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this is where the second roll comes in yeah. <laughs> how fast can you run yes. he's a tiger so he's <laughs> okay so with that roll you are able to bring down a uh, you're able to bring down a monkey um, from sorry the pigeon the pigeon no um, you are able to bring down a small monkey uh, which you know if you took back to camp and got it properly skinned, you would be able to create a day's worth of rations from that. How many people? One. Is in one uh, person's It's literally food? one day. One day of rations. Okay, for one person. One person's yeah? food, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately okay. that was that was quite a poor roll on Rana's part. Um, it was. And the second it, thing I'd like you to do... Was it like a little marmoset or something? Was it tiny? <laughs> uh, would you roll me a perception check as well? That is bear with me it's a plus five so 14 14 okie dokie so as you caught this monkey and you're starting to head back to camp with your tiger's ears you hear a noise that of crashing footsteps ahead of you uh what are you going to do they appear to be getting um, closer by the way i will glance at yoka on the assumption next to me i'll sort of chuff 
and I'll basically give him the monkey or drop the monkey in his hands and then I'll sort of motion with right. my head okay. and I'll creep behind a tree and see if I can await what's coming towards me I'll, I'll hide behind a tree okay right as you sort of take up your position Yoko comes in behind you and tries to hide with you behind the tree and from the undergrowth you see a small procession of warriors there are it seems to be about 10 warriors walking through this area of the jungle they are being led by two women one of them is a tall dark-skinned woman with quite sort of um what's the word this sort of typical leather armor that has what appears to be a gauntlet holding a sword on the shoulder the other appears to be a Cholton woman who is dressed in garb quite similar to yours, sort of looks like dragon hide leather armour um, with odd bits of feline-looking fur here and there make out the rest of the outfit. The taller woman in the more D&D-style leather armour is just sort of cutting her way through the undergrowth. Behind the two women come eight soldiers, three of whom are armoured in metal, whilst the last three look, again, Similar to the woman in leather armors that are close to yours, rather, they too sort of seem to have this kind of more homemade look to their armor, um, and they come behind with spears. And as they're sort of coming past, you hear behind you a rustle, and as these soldiers going past, Yoka drops the monkey and makes a break for it. Right. In response. <laughs> Especially as they don't know you're a druid, and therefore they'll probably think you're a tiger if they see you. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you're not there, Siliquid. You're not there. In... <laughs> Smart enough to know that. I will pivot and pounce on Yoka as Yoka tries to flee. Mm-hmm. If I successfully land on him... Okay, we'll do that first. Yeah. Okay. I'll try and pounce on him. Okay, right. So uh, you'll need to make an attack roll against Rana. And I need to just find Rana's information to uh, work Yoka. out what his AC is. Yoka. Because otherwise yeah. you'll be attacking yourself. Yeah. You said Rana. Rana. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> my, I said my Rana, didn't sort I? Of oh, okay. like, right. like knock him to the ground kind of thing. I'm not trying to like tear his head off or anything. Oh, go on. You know you want to. Yeah, no, but you'd, you'd still have to beat his armor class to get him. I think, well, actually, now hang on. Is this more of a grapple? It's a grapple. It's a grapple, I would say. Wait, yeah, because I'm just trying to think. Is it more of a grapple? Or a... No, I'm going to say it's an attack because he's sort of he's running away, so it's less okay. of a kind yep. of. Well, yeah. let's make an attack roll. See if you hit him first. Um, yep. That is. Well, it depends because I have pounce as a move, which is if the tiger moves at least twenty feet straight towards a creature. Ah, no, then it's in it. Okay, so it counts the core attack. So it's plus five to hit, so 19. 19. Okay, yep, you managed to grab him, catching him between the shoulder blades and pushing him forwards face down into the mud. And what you heard behind you was a shout go up as clearly somebody had spotted you. Whether or not they're doing anything about it is something you don't really know until you look around. It, like, what, what exactly are you doing in response to that? Um, in, in response to that seeing as I'm, I've kind of got Yoko restrained, I will turn 
back into a human. Okay, so yes, you transform back into a human, kneeling on top of a goblin. Looking round, what you see is that the tribal-looking warriors that were bringing up the rear seem to have noticed your pounce. They called up the alarm and seem to have been moving towards a sort of defensive line, like they were they were raising their spears, and then they way now because they've just seen you turn into a human and they're shouting intermittent words in Cholton but what you do hear over the cacophony is just where tiger um I'll shout back in Cholton mm-hmm. not a where tiger a druid uh give me a persuasion roll eleven Eleven is not going to persuade them. They still have their spears raised, and now they are they are coming at you, okay. still shouting in Charlton. And you hear one of them shout, "Hands behind your back!" Did actually did Gimp manage to run away, or did he? He's still there. No, he's pounced on. He did not. In in response, this might be a terrible idea. Um, I'll turn into a goat and then just sit down on the goblin. <laughs> just headbutt the goblin. <laughs> You don't want to be anything bigger, just in case the goblins... No, no, I don't want to be threatening. They think I'm a were-tiger. What's the least frightening and intimidating animal you can see in front of you? Well, a goat, they eat. A stationary-seated goat. A hamster pretending to be a bumblebee. Completely non-threatening. Goats, don't don't mess with goats, man. Goats can be shitheads. But a goat is definitely not a were-tiger, and no were-tiger, in my opinion, would turn into a goat. So I'm gonna. I will turn into a goat and then I will sit down and then bleat forlornly whilst waving one hoof. Okay. All right. Okay. Just like a were tiger to pull that kind of. (laughs) I'm making a note that I've expended both my um both my wild shapes. Uh huh. (laughs) It's worth it. Hey, it's evening, so we're getting back on. It's the point. They're like, ah, dinner is here. The Shulton warriors are are still coming at you, and the, the 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 goat transformation does shake them. They just sort of there's that moment of they just stop and they're just kind of like, wait, what? And then they just kind of go, oh, do you know what? We're halfway there already, and they go to attack. And at that point, you hear a very loud stop come from behind them. And at this point, the upright woman that was in armor emblazoned with the order's symbol walks up and asks them what do you think you're doing we could use that for food back at the camp and you hear them sort of hastily explain what they just saw this creature this goat that appears to be sitting on top of a goblin in clearly tones that are kind of filled with terror or possibly hatred you're not sure which could be a healthy dose of both has just sort of pounced out as a tiger turned into a human and then turned into a goat and that it's clearly some sort of dark magic that needs to be eradicated. Oh dear. As you do. <laughs> the woman looks down at the goat, and at you rather, and she's just got a look of just confusion and exasperation on her face. In response to that, I overtly wink. So I like full head tilt and then I, I wink and like nod one horn at her and wink. <laughs> <laughs> she looks, if anything, more confused. She says to the tribal warriors, Fine, tie it up and put it with the rest of the meat. Just kill the goblin. And she just turns to leave. Upon hearing that, Rana, still seated, turns back into a human and then puts his hands up in the air, showing his palms. Okay. 
Um, you're brought to your feet fairly roughly by the Shorten Warriors. They clearly don't trust you. One of them is, at least two of them actually, have got their spears still trained on you. I can't think why. No, <laughs> not, not a clue why. And another one does indeed bind your hands. You do see a fourth one, however, go to sort of take his spear and shove it into Yoka's back. Um, I'll say wait, and I'll sort of, uh, as obviously as I can, and I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, the goblin is a guide, a servant. He was frightened of you, and so he ran. But he does not deserve to die. Give me another persuasion roll. Ten. The guard looks at you with just sort of utter incomprehension on his face. He is just, you're standing up for a goblin. Even for, a, you know, a were-tiger, that's odd behavior. Why would you side with goblins? And he picks up Yoka and says, tie him up as well. Uh, in Goblin, Rana says to Yoka, this is what happens when you try to escape, idiot. Or the goblin equivalent of idiot. Like, dung eater or something. <laughs> Yoka swears in Goblin. Rush that. Rana says right back at you in Goblin. All right. So, from there, you essentially are tied to the back of a makeshift cart that you see that these warriors have been pulling along. Um, it hadn't quite come into view before. But on this, there are a couple of different creatures, one of which does appear to be another tiger. But there are also a couple of dinosaurs, um, including a couple of velociraptors and what looks to be an allosaurus, or at least part of an allosaurus. This one seems like it actually has been killed by something else, almost like a sort of carrion kill um, or, or carrion, I don't know, carrion collection? Scavenging. Um... Scavenging, that's the word. You can see, too, that a couple of the guards had dropped some bags, which they hoist back onto their shoulders, and eventually return back to Camp Vengeance. Upon moving through the gateway, the rest of you hear the gates being opened up, and you see this procession being marched, pulled, and uh, sort of tugged along in Rana and Yoka's case, inside the gates, and the tall, upright woman marches straight over to the command tent while the more Cholton woman at the front starts issuing orders to the other soldiers to start, you know, distributing what they have on the cart. Don't actually know. Do I have the gate open at the minute? I do not have the gate open at the minute. Sorry, guys, bear with me. (laughs) So many damn bears in this jungle. You're everywhere. (laughs) I can't bear it. (laughs) That was painful. That was fairly painful. Bare-faced cheek of yes. it. <laughs> I'll bear you. If you caught one and barbecued it, would that be Bear grills? <laughs> it would indeed be Bear grills. yes. Depends how you prepped it. Surely that would be if, if the bear itself was in charge of the barbecue. Who's cooking tonight? Bear grills. <laughs> you're like, cool. Give me a lovely salmon. There's a lot of them. There is a fair old amount, yeah. Oh, damn, I've realised I've also I've got rid of the gate. Damn it. This gate can stop a Triceratops, but it can't stop an errant GM's mouse click. (laughs) No, it cannot. (laughs) There we go. That's a little bit better. Percival and Siliqui, you guys are kind of out and about. Yeah. 
Well, actually, no, to be honest, you probably all of you would have heard the commotion at the gate. So if, if uh, you guys are wanting to come out and investigate what's happening, I assume you will. Oh, certainly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, where is the fire? Anyway? Is that the fire here? Like, here? Yeah, that's that's why I, that's why I popped you over there. Uh, Ooh, Zibi, are you going to go outside and have a look at what's going on? Uh, yes, Zibi's going to uh, come out and have a look. Thank you, Dick. So you guys see, as I say, this, this procession having just come into the camp, dragging along uh, this handmade cart full of what looks to be, you know, a good hunt's worth of kills. And your two buds, Rana and Yoka, tied hand and foot to the back of the cart. And is Rana now Rana or Goat? Is he, is he Rana again? Uh, Rana is now Rana. I believe okay. the last thing he did was change to a human, yeah? Yeah, correct. Um, when Rana changes... Um, Does he change back with all of his gear, or is he naked? No, it's with all of his gear. Okay. For some some reason... You can merge your gear with your body if you become a... a It says the druid could choose, essentially. It's entirely down to personal preference. You can can have it so that all all your clothing falls off, or you can have it so that it it, it merges, essentially. Um, Okay. But presumably merging is the most easy way of doing that. Merging, um, yeah. Unless you wanted to turn into an animal that could equip armour. So in theory, I guess you could turn into an ape and then wield weapons. I see. In theory, because it's got hands. Uh, Yeah. But yeah, it's easy to just say it's absorbed because it gets a bit complicated to track where everything is otherwise, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we're not carrying your shit, Rana. So, Siliqui, Percival, <laughs> Zibby, um, what uh, would you guys like to do in response to this arrival? Uh, Zibby's just going to duck his head back in and uh, say to uh, Undril, Is that, um, I think Wee Man may have got himself in a, a small bit of trouble. Um, I'll be back in a minute, love. He's, he's just going to stroll over to where the uh, the people have come through the gate. Is that mm-hmm. Uh, um, Siliqui so, so will start walking towards here as well um, and start mm-hmm. shouting yeah. Rana what the hell are you doing wait wait why what happened now how do you have hunted our druid <laughs> <laughs> the woman who appears to be in charge um, the one that's left behind here mm-hmm. um, looks up to you Zibi as she sees you sort of striding over and says who are you strolling rather than striding yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so that, that sort of casual sort of like, what, what's going on here? No. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Ignores it just for a second and sort of like uh, looks over to Ronnie and says, have you been playing city buggers in the jungle again, Rana? Rana looks sort of exasperated and says, People never believe me when I say I'm not a were-tiger. You know the answer to that, then, don't you, pal? Stop turning into a fucking tiger. Maybe you should get a badge. <laughs> now, Rana, we did have a conversation about this, about you, you doing other animals instead of a tiger. <laughs> and then I look back at the... Uh, is this the upright woman or is this the Cholton woman? This is the Cholton woman. This is the Cholton... And oh, the, the other one's gone into the tent, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, the upright, upright woman has gone into the tent... Um, and this woman looks kind of like Rana in her attire. As I say, it looks a lot more, you know, homemade from dino, yeah. dino hide. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says to you, uh, after this interaction with Rana, just, you know that man. Aye, he's our, he's our native, uh, he's our guide. Your guide? He, he, he stops saying native halfway through. Uh, he's our guide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, He's that guy. He says, <laughs> um, I, uh, he's our guide. He's been helping us find our way through the jungle. Uh, he's one of these druid chappies. Can change his, um, can magically change into things. He's not been bitten by nothing on the Definitely not aware, whatever. You're absolutely sure. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd really rather you untie him. Um, the goblin, I don't care. You can keep him tied up. I don't really give two shits. Uh, but uh, wee man over there, I'd rather you untie him for the minute. I promise. I promise he won't eat you, unless you ask him nicely. She calls over to one of the spear-carrying warriors, and Rana, you would understand because she, she shouts in Cholton, tells him to untie the man from the back of the wagon. And when he protests, saying that it would be unsafe to allow the uh, the he calls you a demon to be free from the cart. She tells him to essentially stop being such a big girl's blouse. <laughs> and he begrudgingly comes over and follows her orders. Uh, I nod to the top moment and say, thank you very much. Much appreciated. So, and, so who else is around here? So you've got, who's this person? This one. Yeah, so the six over here, from this guy yep. down to this guy, they were the guys that came in with Firebeard and are sharpening stakes to the barricade. This cool. guy... Okay. Mm-hmm. came out of this watchtower and mm-hmm. was basically called that's, down. Is that Wolf? So that's Wolf. Yeah, his name was Wolf. Yep. And Firebeard just described him as quite lazy um, mm-hmm. and just said that he's supposed to be in charge of the scouts along with a woman called Lorsa. And she was the one that was out with the rest of the people hunting and stuff, wasn't she? Yeah, she was the one yeah. out re- uh, hunting with the rest of these people. Yeah, so we've got... Um, we don't know because they haven't told us their names yet. I'm guessing this is either Lorsa or Pern. Uh, do the others just look like other scouts or people under them? The, the eight? Yeah, they're just they're generic Garys of this campaign. Okay. They are warriors of different uh, different types and stripes. Some of them look better equipped than the others. The five here, mm-hmm. they're dressed in leather armors quite like this woman's. Yeah. But these three at the front, they're dressed kind of like Firebeard was in sort of metal armor. Mm. Um, sort of sort of splint mail and chain mail is there. Bet they're loving the heat. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, you can definitely, on closer inspection, you can see there's definitely sweat going down their necks. Um, I'm just trying to remember as well, Firebird, he told me as well, didn't he, about Lost and Pan. I was there when he said it, wasn't it? I've written it down. I can't remember yeah, if you I was You were actually... there when he said that, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> In this time, Rana, you have become untied, so you can start moving around. Right. Yoka, however, um, they keep tied to the back of the car. Rana's fine with this. Uh, Rana, Rana is irritated by by, by Yoka uh, currently. So I'm gonna. I've, I've walked up to them and I say, I do. I do excuse us. I'm Silky, and we are here with um, Andrel. We were helping Andrel, and I've been speaking to uh, Captain Firebeard, and he said uh, we should look out for um, uh, somebody called Lorsa or Pern. Um, are any of those you guys? I am Lorsa. The woman says, Lorsa Bill Waffle. Bill Waffle. And Pern, Pern just went into the tent. This tent over here. Right, cool. So, and Pern is the other captain. Um, Lorsa is the uh, other scout. So, Lorsa is female wolf, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. When you, uh, I'm assuming you're asking her about the hierarchy? In character to her, I'm just chatting to her and saying that, you know, we helped Andrew get here. Um, I'm very sorry to see what happened at Camp Righteous. Uh, we are going to be trying to assist where we can in going back to Port Nizaro with the missus. And 
we're very grateful for them allowing us to stay the evening. At the mention of uh, staying the night, she sort of says to you, if you can wrangle it, sleep in the watchtowers, avoid the tents. Do they smell that bad? Yes. It's not the smell. Is it because I am a woman, or is it because um, there's weird creepy crawlies? <laughs> it's to do with the mud, love. Oh. Oh, okay. You guys. She turns and sort of addresses <laughs> the soldiers. Get that to the stores. And you see the soldiers themselves start to disperse. They sort of pull the wagon along, and the wagon will sort of be dragged to the back of the commander's tent. Um, so around by the fire, there's a bunch of wooden boxes and the rest of these guys are just going to kind of disperse themselves. Rana, did you find anything good for cooking for the evening or any herbs or anything good? Did you find anything? Rana stares blankly in complete silence and doesn't say anything. Why are you so quiet? <laughs> so, on that mention, <laughs> Rana, was it? Lorsa, this is Lorsa speaking now. Rana sort of looks to you. Sorry, Lorsa, yes, I, I'm, I'm Siliqui. This is what, Rana. What were you doing? Rana says, I was hunting. Hunting is easier when you are a tiger, yes? Can see further, move faster. Rana's eyes aren't what they were. He doesn't have dark vision like some of us. So being a tiger is very, very helpful um, for him to see. But it's a very bad idea for people who have preconceptions about things like were tigers. We do keep telling him to turn into something else, but he doesn't listen. I suggested a weasel. Rana waits patiently for still to finish and then carries on as though he hasn't heard a single thing she said uh, and then says well I was taking this one and I hook a hook a thumb over at Yoka mm-hmm. was taking him to hunt with me thought he could be of some assistance ungrateful I mean I'll use the word bastard or equivalent in goblin and I'll say it loudly mm-hmm. so that Yoka hears specifically um, fair enough tried to run I told him running was not an option and that I would catch him. And I did. I did not expect to see all of you, you know, motion to the camp, arrive at that moment. Sadly, I lost the large wild boar that I caught. <laughs> I mean, I'll glance mean- and I'll glance meaningfully at the large pile of meat. <laughs> Compensation that they have, uh, that they have at the back of camp. Oh, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. I, I heard boar's quite nice. Not that I eat it, but um, I heard that, that boar's very good. I quite like boar. Ran is it? He means well. You can trust him. He's um, just remember that if sometimes he looks like an animal, he's uh, but he's harmless. He, he won't hurt you unless you um, you know, you're on the wrong side of him or something. But he's he's all right. He you know, he won't hurt you. Lorsa speaks for a moment in Chalton to Rana and then turns back to uh, turns back to Zibi and basically inquires, so I know you two. Who are you? Oh, she, she's speaking directly to Zibi. Right, okay. Uh, yes, um, yeah, she's basically getting her acquaintance. Uh, my name's Zibi. Uh, we're helping um, we Undril uh, get to here. Um... Currently, I'm taking care of some of your people who are uh, not very well over there. Um, I had to stop that to come and have a look at what's going on here. Um, <laughs> it's good work that you're doing then. Hey, well, big big man with a hammer up there. He's uh, uh, he likes it when we help people from time to time. 
rather than just hitting people. Gives the wrong impression. It's good to know that there are good souls that exist. To be honest, when we signed up, thought the order would be stronger than this, but hopefully you guys can help change that. I well, we're, we're looking to uh, we're looking into ways of doing that. But uh, we man over there, uh, the one that you did have tied up, he sorted out all your water butts over here. Uh, sorted out your water problem. Uh, that has been something of a problem. Rana steps forward and says, Do you know how to make rain catchers? Mm, I'm not the best at it. He's kind of obsessed with them. I wish you I'd say no. He likes to show you how to do it. So even if you think you might know, just, just tell him you don't know so he can teach you. He's, he really likes teaching. <laughs> He's good at it too. Rana says... If you wish, I can show you and your scouts how to make them. Lorsa says back that she would be very grateful to be shown how to make the rain catchers a little better. As, to be honest, the barrels do tend to accumulate filth more than uh, regularly made rain catchers. I say I will be happy to do this. And I also, I'll mention, um, you have some men who are sick with uh, the monkey sickness, the monkey madness. Um, do you know of the Yaksha beetle? And I'll describe it to her. Um, but I'll say this is a good remedy uh, for this. Next time you go hunting, you should collect them. They can be cooked, uh, and they should help uh, make your people better. Yeah, tell her about the thing that you can eat after that, that makes it taste a bit nicer. So just so they know, um, if you let them, is it a mango, a mango something or other? Rana says they do not taste fantastic, but they do not taste so bad seasoning with herbs and such will make them better but if you must you can eat them raw and you will not come to harm Lorsa listens to your explanation with interest and says that she definitely would like to discuss this more later um, first of all just because you haven't said very much and I feel like that's out of character is there anything in particular you're doing <laughs> um, I am um, I'm letting everybody kind of get on with it I'm actually yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm just checking out the, the kind of the the area. I'm I'm paying attention to obviously what's going on with the conversation, but I'm also uh, paying attention to uh, to Wolf, mm-hmm. um, just just to see if they're doing anything a bit odd or, or anything like that. Because give me an insight check. Insight. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm knocking it out. I am knocking it out of the park today. <laughs> Insightful. Yeah. Yes. Number two. Big old two. Yeah, I, I'm afraid, yeah, Percival, if anything shifty is happening, you're not noticing it. As far as you can tell, they've just been working That's away. Fair. They've been working away at creating some stakes. Um, from that, I suppose you could tell that Wolf is uh, is definitely in charge, but he doesn't. He does look a bit bored. Bang up, guy. Okay. Okay. Wolf is a burly broad-chinned Chondathan male with black bristly hair and stubble. When you're, when you're told that he sort of leads the scouts, it's a little bit of a surprise because he's quite, he looks quite heavy set for a scout. And he has, again, leather armor that would look like your sort of standard D&D armor with a light brown traveling coat um, with a hood that he has, he has just sort of down at the minute. Okay. Seeing as, uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, like he's, he, you know, he's not doing anything shift here or anything like that, at least mm-hmm. certainly that I can tell with that fabulous roll 
<laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, was it was it Lorsa who who uh, we're currently talking with? Lorsa is uh, who you're one. currently talking with, though she is sort of yeah. making moves to head and sort of follow the cart that goes round, making a few excuses that she needs to go and sort out the stocking of the food before it's just left to you know go off. Um, but if there was something you particularly wanted to ask, I'm sure she'd stop for a second to chat. Just just before she goes, and say, I'm sorry, I, I didn't formally introduce myself. My name is Percival Silverlight. Um, I'm sure you've heard of me. Um, and I start shaking her by the hand, whether or not she wants me to. So I just kind of reach down, and, you know, just pumping the hand. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> delighted, yes. Um, I, I was just wondering, is, is there anybody else who's due to come in? Because we've been uh, kind of telling everybody one at a time exactly why we're here should i write up a missive something like that post it i don't know <laughs> no need if uh, anyone needs to talk to you i'm sure they'll find time to have a chat excellent um, and uh, c- could i just ask when the evening meal is tonight you'll smell it don't you worry about that i do i've already smelled something today i'm not entirely <laughs> sure i want to smell more um yes Yes, um, just let me know. Of course, there's usually a call and you'll see people gathering around the fires when we're ready. Excellent, save me a leg. A leg? <laughs> yeah, you know. Whatever. Of, of, yep, yeah. <laughs> of, of whatever something. it is that's been there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Siliqui really wants to talk to them once they're sat down, you know, around a fire, whatever we're eating. What of the people would be helping to cook to get it ready? Would there be specific people around it cooking so I'm just wondering whether she should help them and try and have a conversation with them or whether she should do something else because of her role as the sort of the head of the scouts mm-hmm. Lorsa has kind of moved back and is clearly doing the appraisal of what has been brought back both in terms of things like fruits and nuts and also the meat that's come back on the cart she's also making a start calling over a couple of the soldiers to sort of help out um, because there's no designated cook it's more just whoever happens to be on hand so the food isn't necessarily you know gourmet but it, they do their best to strip the bones from the animals and make sure it's edible yeah, safe yeah yeah just to make sure yeah. you know for instance from the scavenged from the scavenged allosaurus that's obviously that's something of a carrying kill so mm. they're trying to make sure there's nothing that's going off nothing that looks a little bit too much like it's got dinosaur teeth still embedded in it <laughs> you know, her and a few of the guards would be at the back sort of setting the food ready to be stored and also preparing whatever they, you know, want to make probably into some kind of stew, I'd imagine. Um, it's probably the easiest way to feed so many people with nothing but a fire and several hunks of meat. So in that case, I'm going to go and sort of um, see what I can help with, with uh, Lorsa. I'll go over to her and where they are to help, uh, whether it's carrying stuff, whether yeah. it's helping, you know, store stuff. But I'd like to talk to Lorsa as well. So, um... Have you been a scout long? Have you been um, around Tote a lot? Or, or is it just one particular area? Or are you quite familiar with the area? She tells you that she was born in one of the tribes that sort of survives from the old Cholton people. Yeah, she has been a scout and sort of an explorer of the wilderness for several years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she, along with the other Cholton warriors that follow under her, they sort of all come from different tribes that still survive and cling on to, you know, life in the jungle. Mm. For that matter, actually, um, some of the tribal warriors that are in the camp, Rana, you probably would recognise one or two as individuals that you actually saw at your own camp, at your own tribe. Okay. 
probably one or two of the more sort of outgoing ones that kind of left the tribe several years ago. And it seems that they've sort of come together under Lorsa, who has been essentially marching a crusade against the undead and has led her ragtag, as she sort of calls it, team of um, of soldiers against any of the undead she finds in the jungles. And when she found the order, she essentially joined up with them, seeing that their goals were aligned. So um, I think ours are quite um, aligned in a similar way as well. We were hired to um, look at what was causing the death curse that's going on. We're quite troubled by it too. Maybe we could share information of um, what you found out so far and what we've heard or what people we've spoken to. If we collect the information that we have between us, we can get further. I would very much like to speak to you about the map that we have and if any of the names that I have, if you were able to locate them on the map or anything at all that we can help with each other, we, we're willing and, and capable of, of helping. Lorsa, uh, much like other sort of individuals that you've spoken to before, residents of Port Nianzara, is at first surprised to hear you mention the death curse with relation to Chult. She herself again seems to doubt the idea that the death curse is you know somehow sourced here but she is receptive to the idea of discussing with you uh, what is in the sort of nearby area around portney and zaro but as she says it's it's tricky to find some specific locations deeper in the jungle of course her group there's only 15 soldiers or were 15 soldiers they've not exactly been able to penetrate the depths of the jungle or anything but she will Mm. she will help as best she can Thank you. Have you heard of um, places like Nangalore or Oralonga? So, Nangalore is a name that stirs something. She says that she vaguely recalls being told about something called Nangalore, but she can't remember what the tale was, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, and have you heard of the uh, Adani Basin or um, even Yeliak? We're, we're looking for lots of things at the moment. The Aldani Basin, she says, you are essentially at the most northern tip of the Aldani Basin. It stretches probably up to a hundred odd miles um, south from here um, and basically forms a kind of, not exactly a plateau, but it's a giant swamp in the middle of the jungle. There's sort of one of the few places in the jungle where the trees just don't grow very well and as a result you can actually see further than 10 meters. Just at this point, um, Rana... Um will notice one of the warriors or one of the tribes of his village um, and will call out uh, Bob <laughs> I couldn't think of Jeff <laughs> he, he looks up in surprise Rana? Bob it, it has been it has been many moons since last we spoke far too far too many moons I'll say come let us uh let us speak of you know of the times we remember of each other and and see what what we have been doing uh, all this time we've been mm-hmm. apart and I'll sort of um I'll sort of you know slap him on the back um, and then I'll sort of uh, take him off to one side we'll have a chat. Mm-hmm. Are you doing this sort of by the fireside or just somewhere else in camp? I think just I think just by the fireside just just off to one side I don't I don't want to like completely disconnect from the conversation that's going but I think. You know, I, have, I haven't seen my, my kinsman in, in many weeks. I think Rana, growing up in a small tribe, would very much value the opportunity yeah. to see his kinsman again. Of course. 
Now, the kinsmen in question has actually, they left the tribe before the current troubles that are affecting your tribe. So uh, you remember the leader of your tribe, and I can't remember what his name is, um, but the leader of your tribe had fallen ill with the start of the death curse. Yeah. And he is quite saddened to hear that for, you know, the warrior in question was a, was a great leader. But he is, you know, he is quite pleased to learn that the tribe is still, seems to be prospering, at least for now, though he is concerned about the fact that being a nomadic tribe, they've now been stood in one place for a bit too long. Beyond that, he kind of confirms what Lorcerus said to Siliqui, that he and the other warriors have been banded together um, and have been hunting undead in the jungles of Chalt. During the couple of hours that you spend talking before dinner, he basically swaps with you several stories of peril and danger at the hands of the undead. Runner swaps um, tales back, you know, telling of the goblin ambush um, that they fought uh, outside the temple um, Mm -hmm. and of how how he's, you know, he's navigated his way through the river with with great, you know, greatly embellishing um, his role in in leading the city dwellers. Into the jungle. Not once did you lead them astray. <laughs> this is in Cholton, isn't it? It's not yeah, in Common. This is all in Cholton. This yeah. is in Cholton, okay. yes. All right. Yeah, yeah. so Percival, no, you cannot interrupt. And, um, you know, I will say, um, you know, many times I had to, you know, slap a, a poisonous fruit from their hand or tell them, you know, not, not to walk into the giant web, uh, things of that nature. Um, just, you know, mm-hmm. just sort of good-natured ribbing and you know and i'll say you know and how how is it working with these other city people and i'll sort of motion to the camp at large he in general responds to let you know that uh working with them has its perks and has its downsides the city people um as you put it their fervor is is quite high for, for defeating the undead especially um he calls her the tall woman but when you sort of ask to elaborate he mentioned he says that it's pern and and nods towards the command tent uh, is especially zealous he says in trying to eradicate the undead with almost as much vigor as any one of chalt for actually eradicating this threat from the jungle but on the other hand they are hopeless at surviving in the jungle as you know the attack on camp righteous and this uh, frankly rather nicely defended but rather squalid camp shows rana agrees with Pretty much uh, every action of this. Um, he, Rana also says that we had some information uh, as to where Yelyark would be, and I'll describe. Obviously, we, we'll be roughly speaking had the location pegged from the point of mm. when we arrived uh, at the previous camp. So I'll just describe mm. its vague location and say, you know, um, you know, this is the location that we, the, the, that we believe it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, in, just in case he finds it useful. He's certainly interested to know the location of Yelyark, though while he's, you know, he, like you, is quite interested in sort of maybe striking out at one of the uh, one of the more troublesome uh, goblin hordes out there, he motions to the camp and just sort of says, it's not very possible for the Order to launch any kind of attack like that at this scale. Just It's just it's kind of beyond their abilities with uh, with the state that they're in. However, he is quite interested to know that uh, Yelnark is currently not pinned down, but at least, you know, somebody knows where it is and can potentially make use of that. He warns you to be on alert if you are going towards Yelnark, as uh, they will make sure to post sentries and traps to uh, 
detect anyone coming. Rana thanks him for this information and then hopefully asks him, you don't have any party fruit, do you? <laughs> he grins and just and just shakes his head. Unfortunately, we have not found any yet, but I do keep my eyes out. <laughs> just imagine uh, Rana going, come on, you can hook a brother up. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of what I'm expecting here. Yeah. Anyway, I said I know a guy that knows a guy. It's all, it's all. Good. Yeah, <laughs> get you, get you whatever you want. While while Rana is having these reminiscences and potential drug dealings going on with Bob, um, we cut to Zibby. Since Lossa walked off with Siliqui in tow, uh, what are you doing with your time this evening? Um, so um, I've probably done as much as I can to alleviate the suffering of uh, um, uh, the people in the tent. Um, oh, so... I meant to ask you to do a medicine check on that front, actually. Uh, if you okay. could do one for me. Yeah, of course. Uh... Roll better than everyone else tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's not going to be hard. Uh, Seventeen. Yep. Yeah, you've definitely. It's not. It's not. You know, the magic giving levels of. You know, you literally can cure up their wounds and remove the diseases. But you've definitely managed to make those soldiers that have remained ill a bit more comfortable, um, and have sort of helped to alleviate some of the stress from the acolytes that are working. You can sort of see that these acolytes are. They're quite haggard. They're very tired because they've just been working pretty much non-stop to help the men that have come down with various diseases. You see from their expressions of just relief and gratitude, they're just, they're so happy to have some sort of break. Not from their duties, but, you know, from the constant stress of having so many people to look after. Good. Okay. Uh, is there any sort of role-playing or anything else you wanted to do? No, maybe uh, maybe just spend a little bit of time uh, sort of chatting with Andrew, make sure she's okay with... Uh, being back at camp etc so i was going to say had we actually decided whether or not we were going to go back to town or oh what you mean port nizaro yeah i think we talked For about ourselves. it because um breakbone had suggested it and we were kind of toying with it weren't we that we, we said we might be able to and we need all of our supplies anyway and we can't get any from here so probably it's worth it yeah, we need to restock. I think it's well worth uh, seeing what happens here tonight and seeing what information we can get. But, yeah, that makes sense to head back if everyone's in agreement. Yeah, I agree. Okie dokie. So, what was your question with regards to Andrew? Um No, I, I was, I was kind of uh, going to speak to her about uh, whether or not she would uh, she would want to come back with us to Port Nianzaro. Okay, on that note... Andrew will basically take you to one side, maybe sort of say, oh, let's go look out for Polly, um, just sort of take a break <laughs> and and go sort of take you to one side and we'll just sort of say... So transparent. So oh, yeah, so transparent, very, very much so. <laughs> I, I, you know, I made that... I just put all of my charisma into that and just made it as subtle as possible. <laughs> uh, so you rolled a natural one then? Oh. Yes. <laughs> charisma, yeah. Um, <laughs> Andrew she takes you to one side and she says to you look these these people the order here this this is where i need to be you guys if you go back to portney and zaro or even to yell the ark that is of course that is up to you you're not part of the order but i am this is where i need to be and these people they need my help right now it would be 
frankly, it would just be wrong of me to, to leave them. The help that we've managed to give them just now, there's still soldiers that are ill, and the acolytes, they've run off their feet. I, well, to be honest, I wasn't really surprised about your answer. I thought that's probably what you would want to do. Give it time. Perhaps when the order is stronger, it would be nice to join you guys again. You fight well, but right now, this is where I need to be. So, I can't say I'm not going to miss your company, but you wouldn't be the woman that you are if you weren't going to stay. I'm right. Me, me, Greg, is very attached by that. Um, <laughs> thank you for understanding. Big man up there has taught me a lot in the past few years. It's not just my life I have to think about. It's other people's as well. Hmm. Indeed. When other people's lives are on the line, behooves us with the power to bestow that power on them. Hey, I, I think you're right. She sort of goes to hug you, but I'm not sure. Does, are you, you going to be receptive to a hug or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A nice little, nice little hug there. <laughs> sort of just nice. beyond platonic. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a, it's still the evening. So still there's every chance that they may have spent the night together tonight, but instead they're now hugging <laughs> as they're goodbye. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that roll a failed constitution? check and uh, the, the hug's too strong and Zibby has a cracked rib. Uh, uh, just, you, you, you can't control your emotions uh, and you you are struck down with the emotionally distraught status effect. Um, no, she's just realised the takeaway's here. Your wisdom is... Um, she's like, I lost everything. It say to Andrew, it was you make sure you keep these guys in line and we'll be back from time to time Uh, you've done well by me and you know what you can keep my canoes (laughs) (laughs) 